0: To go outside Hello van fans, welcome to another episode of VFF's Van Life Podcast. How are you doing? I am again in a noisy car park. I just can't stop coming here, I don't know why. It's always noisy and... There's always engine sounds but I just feel really comfortable here so I, <laughs> God knows why, God knows why, what's going on. It's really cold today, it's really windy but it's nice and cosy in the van so that's good before i get into this week's episode i just wanted to tell you that i am so cool that i have organized an instagram giveaway so if you would like to win some amazing prizes then go to instagram follow vff's van life podcast and you will have the chance to win over 50 pounds worth of amazing prizes. So you can get a custom illustration of your van or your jeep or your house or whatever by a talented Devon artist and that will be framed and it will be an original piece of artwork just for you. You can also win £25 worth of delicious luxury vegan chocolate courtesy of the beautiful wonderful Fetcher Chocolates which is the partner for VFFs. If you haven't already tried Fetcher Chocolates I would strongly recommend you do so because they are absolutely delicious. If you Um, love chocolate and if you're vegan it's a perfect way to enjoy really luxurious chocolate with really nice flavours and this is your chance to win some for free so get yourself over to Instagram all the instructions are there you just need to go to the giveaway post which was posted on the 22nd and you have until Easter Monday to enter so plenty of time to go to Instagram and follow the instructions it's really simple to enter so go ahead and do that and get yourself some lovely prizes you'll also get some VFFs bumper stickers not available to buy okay limited edition so isn't that exciting brilliant okay good Um, (laughs) I'm not feeling the professionalism today you might have noticed um, but I'm gonna try my best so that's what counts right what have I been up to since I last recorded so I have been spending a lot more time in my van recently I have found some really beautiful places to go and stay for the night and I'm just really enjoying exploring Devon a bit more I usually end up going to like the same places over and over again like that I've gone for years but recently I've done a bit more exploring and it's been so lovely although it is still freezing even though it is sunny I think it is still really cold so um yeah it's I've had to make sure I'm nice and cozy as well but um it's been lovely I've really enjoyed it I've been swimming in the sea loads It always makes me feel a bit ill the next day, but I mean, it's so good. It's keeping me on the straight and narrow, and I'm really enjoying that. So that's really cool. Right. Well, this week it's just me, and I am telling you all about working on the road. So I have years of experience in travelling and working on the road and during this time I've obviously picked up a lot of information and I have a lot of things to share with you. You see people going on these wild round the world trips and they're gone for months at a time and stuff so you might be thinking to yourself like how can I afford to go travelling for that long? You know even with savings how am I going to do that what I want to share with you today is how to save your money cut costs and extend your trips it's actually not all about making money um, especially if you're traveling around a lot of working that you will do will actually be voluntary work but the point is if you can cut your costs you can extend your trip and you can get to stay in places that you wouldn't be able to afford to stay in really beautiful places for weeks if not months at a time Um, with the tips that I'm gonna tell you today so hopefully someone will get some really good inspiration and some ideas on how to do this so what I'm gonna do is I'm going to talk you through all the different types of work that I've done over the years I've got to say none of this is digital this is all really practical work that I've done so that's what I'm gonna share with you I'm gonna talk you through the positives and the information, how to access these opportunities. And I'm also going to give you a bit of an idea about safety and the dangers and annoyances that you might find. And I'm also going to share with you some quite funny but also horrific (laughs) stories of my own, of things that I've um, experienced, just to give you an idea of how crazy it can be doing this type of thing. So, as I said, a lot of working on the road is about extending your trip. The best thing you can do, number one, is to travel slowly. That means that you can enjoy the experiences a little bit more and you will 100% save money if you travel slowly. So that is a really important tip and one of the most easy ways for you to save money. I am going to start with volunteering. I have been volunteering for over 10 years now, nearly nearly 15 years I've done this. I've got loads of experience, I've been all over the place, I've done all sorts of things. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about how it works and how you can get into volunteering. Before I start all about volunteering, I just want to say... You do have to be really thick skinned if you're going to go out and do volunteering for people because you just never know what you're going to walk into. Sometimes you're going to have to leave before you arrange to leave. Sometimes it's going to be really awful um, and not what you agreed to. So you've got to go into this with an attitude of whatever happens, I'm going to deal with it. It's not always going to be like, sunshine and rainbows but if you do volunteering you will have memories to last you a lifetime you'll have amazing experiences good reasons to volunteer while you're traveling as i said before you get to stay in some really unique places for as long as you've agreed with the hosts for free in exchange for work normally the fair standard for volunteering is 15 to 30 hours absolute maximum you're working for free okay 15 to 30 is the standard if somewhere is asking for more than that you really need to ask yourself do you want to be working a full-time job for no money just for accommodation the more people that accept longer hours, it means there's going to be less opportunities for, you know, 15 hours, which is what used to be the norm. So just bear that in mind. Okay, so I want to start with volunteering. So what is volunteering and what does it look like? What normally happens is you have someone that is offering accommodation and sometimes food in exchange for work, Usually it's about 15 hours, although there are more now that are asking for more, but like really it's about, it should be about 15 hours a week. Food can be included sometimes, sometimes it's not. It really does depend on the host. If you're in your campervan, you can sometimes actually work for much less than 15 to 30 hours a week. Because you're staying in your camper van and you can arrange something that's like a little bit less because you're not using their facilities. But again, it is really varied and you can kind of negotiate as well with with the host So, the accommodation that's offered again, it really depends on the sort of voluntary place it is. It's quite normal to have like a dorm, so you might be sharing with other people. Um, If you're really lucky, you can sometimes get a private room, and you know, sometimes you get like a whole apartment to yourself, so that's really cool. The main types of places that offer volunteering so, you've got Things like farms, which is normally like fruit picking and kind of manual work, gardening, all that kind of thing. Hostels and B&Bs, hotels, that kind of thing. You then have homestays, which is normally someone that has a house or some land and they need help to like look after the house and the land or they might have lots of animals that they need help with and they've got the room to invite volunteers to come and stay so where do you find these opportunities well there are several different websites if you're looking for a job on a farm the best place you can look is is woof.com is it woof.com or is it woof.org I'll find out and I'll put it in the description in the description so basically woofing it stands for willing workers on organic farms so the farms are normally certified organic but they're not always actually but that's how it started what happens is every country has a woofing page so it sounds weird doesn't it woofing but um, so you go online you find the the website for that country you pay a membership fee and then you have access to contact all the different people that are offering volunteering on their farms It normally tells you a little bit about what's on offer. You can make yourself a profile and you basically just communicate directly with the hosts and arrange with them when you will arrive and how many hours you'll do and all that kind of thing it normally tells you on their profile what work they expect you to do how many hours what's offered whether they offer food and what kind of accommodation they'll offer you as well that's definitely the best place to find farm work although you can find it on other very popular volunteering websites so my absolute favorite for finding volunteering opportunities is helpx.net helpx.net is really easy to use i really like the website they have recently actually updated their website so it's a lot more modern it used to be like a relic of the early 2000s but they've changed it now um It's really good. You can search by country. There's a map as well. So you can really pinpoint like where these hosts are and helpx.net that offers you all different types of hosts. It's not just farms. So, you know, you can find your hostels or homestays. Um, as well as farms as well. So that is my standout favorite for sure. The other thing that I really like about it is it is cheaper. Um, You just pay one membership fee and that gives you access to all the different countries in the world. And you pay every two years, you pay for two years and it only costs 18 pounds was the last time I paid for my membership. It was 18 pounds for two years. So, it's really affordable as well. Another really popular one that I have used, but I didn't particularly like the website and I didn't find it easy to navigate, but it is really popular, is Workaway. So, Workaway is exactly the same pretty much as HelpX, but it has a different kind of website, different search functions, and that is a really popular one as well. You can also find all different kinds of hosts on there. But I would highly recommend net. They also have a really good customer service team. Like when they were updating their website, I actually emailed them because they took the map feature down for a while. And I kind of emailed them like, oh, where's the map? Can you bring the map back? And when they updated their website, someone actually emailed me personally to tell me, oh, by the way, the map's back. So, you know, they're really conscientious and really helpful. So I would just highly recommend them. The other place you can find volunteering opportunities, which is getting more and more popular, is Facebook. There are loads of Facebook groups that offer volunteering. Um, One of the biggest ones is called Diggers and Dreamers. Diggers and Dreamers is a place where people that are trying to create like communities, sometimes post on there that they are looking for volunteers. It's a really friendly, nice, eco-friendly place and that's a really good place to look as well. The other thing that you can do is if you know exactly what kind of volunteering you want to do, you can just write emails to people. Like when I went to Alaska, I got completely obsessed with sled dogs and I literally just emailed every single dog musher that I could find the contact details of and I just was like hi I really want to learn about sled dogs and I'm desperate to volunteer and I'll do anything and I'm available and um can I come and work for you and I actually got like several responses and I ended up volunteering looking after 80 huskies living in a log cabin and going on a quad bike being being led by the sled dogs it was amazing like it was so cool and I literally just got that by writing an email so you know that's another way you really if you know what you want to do you can just try and find it that way as well. It really does depend on where you volunteer, what kind of experience you're going to have. For example, they generally do follow a pattern, even though they can be quite varied. One of the most popular places to volunteer are hostels. If you volunteer in a hostel you will generally be cleaning or housekeeping that will be your main job it normally ends up being like five or six days a week for like a couple of hours a day um so you're kind of turning over the rooms making the beds hoovering cleaning the toilets and the showers it's not glamorous it is a bit crap if you're lucky you can get a job on reception or you can get a job like organising fun events for the guests. But generally, it will be housekeeping. Although it's not glamorous, one really brilliant thing about volunteering in a hostel is the social side of it. You're almost Definitely going to be one of many volunteers, normally from all over the world, and you can all kind of have a laugh together, you get to know each other. Normally, you will be sleeping in a dorm with other staff members as well, so it's a really nice, like, social atmosphere. It's usually a kind of a party atmosphere, so if that's not your vibe then I would not probably recommend a hostel as a voluntary place but it's such a great way to like meet people from all over the world not only that you've got the guests coming in as well and like you will just meet if you volunteer in a hostel you will just meet the most wacky weird and wonderful people that you will ever meet some of the characters that I've met in hostels are just I'll never forget (laughs) and you'll have so many stories as well With hostels generally food is not included but sometimes if the hostel offers free breakfast to their guests you'll be allowed to eat breakfast for free and also sometimes the hostel will like pay for the staff to like have a meal or you know like every week or something like that so that's quite good but yeah it's just such a great place to meet people and meet amazing lovely people from all over the world. I would say honestly it's probably the kind of thing you want to do when you're in your 20s. I have volunteered in my 20s and in my 30s in a hostel and I just remember like the last time as a 35 year old woman I was kind of like oh god I can't <laughs> can't do this anymore. So yeah I would say it's kind of a 20s thing that's just my opinion. So. Next, I want to tell you about volunteering on a farm. Volunteering on a farm is very different. It is hard work, for sure. You're almost definitely going to be working long hours, so bear that in mind. Um, It's always physical work. It is a lot more isolated than some other things you'll be doing as well. Sometimes you can be the only one there, but depending on what kind of work you're doing, for example, if you're doing like fruit picking, you're most likely going to be part of a group of volunteers which is really nice. The positives for working on a farm are that you're normally if you really like nature and peaceful places you're normally going to be in a really peaceful beautiful place with lots of nature surrounding you and peaceful quiet kind of vibes so that is a really good thing about working on a farm. Sometimes you can get private accommodation. I worked on a farm in Japan for a couple of weeks and I was just like a general volunteer so I was the only one there. I had a whole apartment to myself. It had a toilet seat that warmed up in the mornings which was literally the best thing ever. Yeah that was really cool and it was really beautiful there were mountains and cherry trees and it was really relaxing and stuff so that was really nice i worked in this one other place as well which was like a fruit picking and that was really really cool so um it was a fruit farm which was in yamanashi province mount fuji was like in the distance like not too far in the distance so it was like such a beautiful beautiful view from where we were working and what we were doing was fruit picking for eight hours a day, five days a week I think it was. To be honest with you the time really flew by because we were like a team of volunteers and we used to just have a laugh and It's weird with that kind of job as well. You kind of go into a bit of meditation with it and and the time does go by quickly. With that one, food was included. To be honest, it wasn't that great. Like, he used to bring us just bread, basically. But in the evening, we used to have, like, a massive sit-down meal every night. We would all sit down around the table and this wonderful woman, who I can't think now what what her name is, used to produce this, like, Japanese food feast every evening and it was oh my goodness it was amazing i've got pictures of the food that we ate and oh my god it just makes my mouth water we never went without anything and they were so lovely such lovely people i would actually really recommend japan as a place to go i know that it's probably difficult to get a van there but like if you are interested in traveling i would say that is one of the nicest places i've volunteered because in japan they just love everything to be really convenient and comfortable and even volunteers get treated really well so um we also used to get taken to the onsen every night and onsen is like a public bath which is from like hot spring water yeah we used to go there every night he used to pay for us to go there we just used to hang out in this lovely oh my god it was so lovely big big hot bath oh it was amazing it was amazing another farm that I worked on which was in Wales was actually more like an animal care job they were actually a breeder a dog breeder and my job was basically as a dog handler so I would clean out the kennels I would also walk the dogs every day That was really nice. The dogs were amazing. They were Alaskan Malamutes and they were so beautiful and so well behaved. It was just wonderful. I really loved working with the animals. The only problem with that one was that my time for working was kind of spread out throughout the whole day. So even though I only did four hours a day, it would be like one hour in the morning, two hours in the afternoon and one hour in the evening and that was kind of draining and I never really felt like I had any time to myself the other thing for some reason I just never had a day off and I don't really know why and I remember like it was my birthday when I was there and he was like oh you can take the morning off for your birthday I was like thinking for oh wow thanks mate if I went now like I would 100% bring that up and be like so when is my day off but um I was a bit younger and I was a bit too afraid i to ask so that is another thing that I will cover later on that you do have to stick up for yourself sometimes in these situations so that is kind of my experience of volunteering again just an overview of the main points with volunteering so free accommodation you normally work 15 to 30 hours a week food can be included or not you can work less hours if you park up in your camper van and there's a really good amount of websites that you can find these opportunities on which I will put in the description for this episode. Okay so I'm going to move on now to pet sitting. Pet sitting is one of the coolest ways that you can extend your time in places and you can see things that you wouldn't normally see and you get to hang out with pets I mean it is totally amazing. So there are different ways in which to find pet sitting opportunities. I personally would highly recommend as a website trustedhousesitters.com. Trusted House Sitters is really easy to use. It's really popular especially in the UK and Europe. How it works is you create a profile and there is a search function for you to look for pet sits. So you can put in where you're looking and what type of animals you want and all that kind of thing. You can be really specific about what you're looking for. You then find the profile of the pet sit that you're interested in and you can send a message to them and you can kind of just contact them directly and negotiate with them directly. So there is a fee to become a member of TrustedHouseSitters.com. And actually, I really like the fact that there's a fee because I feel like it means that if you're really serious about it, you can sign up and it kind of keeps out the people that aren't really serious. So I, I actually think it's a good idea that there's a fee. So I at this time, I think it costs around £89 a year. It sounds a lot, but like if you think about it, you could end up living in a house for like six months for free looking after a dog. And I would say like that is definitely worth £89 a year. Usually it is people that want to go on holiday and they need their pets looking after. You generally end up living in their house on your own with the pets. So that is just so cool. If you're looking for a bit of privacy and you want to be independent, it is a really good road to go down, especially if it's a nice house. I mean, I've stayed in some amazing houses, pet sitting, For example, I stayed on Dartmoor in an absolutely stunning, massive house with like a log burner and it was so, so posh and like everything was like really luxury. Like the bed was amazing and it had like really expensive bedding and it felt like staying in a five-star hotel. All I had to do was basically be friends with the best dog in the world. I mean, yes, please, brilliant. So it also means that you can Explore areas and have a a good base, and make friends with an animal. I mean, what more do you need, honestly? Some of the things that you need to be aware of if you're going to be pet sitting, you have to be responsible. You know, usually it's not like you can have people round. It's not like a party situation. It's going to be you in the house, and you have to be really responsible and treat that house with respect. The other thing which can be a little bit annoying is obviously when they come back, if you want to make a good impression, you need to clean that whole house. That can be kind of annoying um, if you don't like cleaning, like me, but you know, that's just part of the job and you know, if you leave it like really spotless, you will get like a glowing review from the person whose pet you looked after so that's also really good. I also want to talk a little bit about the review system that is in use on all of these websites but I'm going to wait till the end before I discuss that because there's a lot of important points about that too but just be aware that you will get reviewed and you can read reviews of hosts on all of the volunteering and pet sitting websites. So the next thing I want to talk about is couch surfing. You've probably heard of it, it's really popular now. Couchsurfing is a really good tool, especially for van lifers, to find either somewhere to stay Or somewhere to use the washing machine or the shower or to fill up your water and how it works is very similar to the other websites you create a profile and you can search for locals who are happy to have you stay at their house or as I said use their facilities last time I checked couch surfing was free I know that it is starting to change now like it used to be really nice and really community based but it's definitely now like a corporation So I think it probably is changing. But still, it's a really great way to meet locals as well that are happy to show you around and you can hang out and you can also like meet their friend group and they can take you to places that you wouldn't know about if you were just passing through. I have done loads of couch surfing. I travelled across the US just couch surfing for three months about 10 years ago and the whole time I was there, I spent $60 on accommodation other than that I was just couch surfing it was so great to hang out with locals and just to meet people and go on little trips and go out at night you know like to local bars and all that kind of thing I would say with couch surfing especially you really do have to read the reviews really carefully again I will talk about the reviews in a minute though um, and I'll cover some of the things but it's definitely something to bear in mind Okay, so today I'm telling you guys about Fetcher Chocolates. Fetcher Chocolates is an independent, female-owned business that sells luxury, handmade vegan chocolate. I've been eating vegan chocolate for years and nothing comes close to Fetcher Chocolates. It tastes amazing and it looks beautiful. It really is the perfect gift for special occasions and something that everyone can enjoy. It's dairy, gluten and soy free, so great for allergy sufferers, but also for anyone. I mean, this chocolate is so good. You don't have to be vegan to enjoy it. There are classic flavours such as milk chocolate mousse and golden salted caramel. I loved the blackberry mousse bar with homemade bramble jelly and real blackberries. I'm definitely going to be getting that one again. It smelt incredible and it tasted so good. When I received my order, I was really impressed with the beautiful presentation. The colours are brown and black with a really classy gold logo, and the packaging can all be recycled as paper, so no plastic in sight. Fetcher also plants trees to offset the packaging, so it's an eco-friendly choice as well. When I want to buy a friend a beautiful, delicious gift, I just go to Fetcherchocolates.com and I get them a gorgeous gift that they will love. Fetch Your Chocolates are offering listeners of this podcast 10% off with promo code VFF. Enter promo code VFF at checkout to receive a 10% discount on your order. Yep, that's 10% off. So go on, go to FetchYourChocolates.com and get that chocolate in your life. You will not regret it. There is also like a community on couchsurfing.com where people organize events and meetups, which is really cool. So you can go to like a couchsurfing event. The last one I went to was when I was in Granada. There was going to be a couchsurfing event in a local tapas bar. I was like, oh, brilliant. So I'm going to go to that. So I went there. I met some really lovely people, had a drink, had a chat, had some really nice tapas. And it was just a really nice thing to do to like talk to other people. And and to meet like, like-minded like people. You can also be a host in your hometown which is really cool. So like I've done it a few times when um, people have come to Plymouth and I've organised you know like bowling or going for a walk or something and that's kind of nice too to show people around your hometown and um, So that's couch surfing. So in a minute, I'm gonna move on to actually making money rather than saving money or extending your time in places. But before I do, I just want to cover the dangers and the annoyances that you can come across using these websites. Number one point, I cannot stress this enough. You never know what a place is like until you get there it can have the best reviews you've ever seen it can have five stars across the board people can say how lovely it was the profile can look amazing the pictures can look amazing you could get there and it could be awful it could be nothing like the pictures you can just get like a horrible feeling about the place you just never know. So always be prepared to walk away. Never think that you have to stay somewhere just because you said you were going to stay there. If something doesn't feel right, just leave. This took me such a long time to own this and to realize that I have the freedom and the choice to leave. I used to think that if I got somewhere and it wasn't exactly what I wanted or if there was some red flags there that I just had to ride it out because I'd agreed to stay there. This is not the case. You are a volunteer. You are there for free. You can leave at a moment's notice. It's not your problem. So that is something to bear in mind. The other thing that I wanted to talk about for all of these different websites is the reviews. What you need to understand about the reviews is even if someone has had a really bad experience, they're not going to write a bad review. Now, the reason for this, which is actually a really big problem, I think, on these websites is because they will also get a review from the host. If you go to Debbie's house and you have a shit time but Debbie's going to leave you a review, you don't want a review on your profile that says anything negative. So you have to write a good review for them. The other thing is you're totally disadvantaged as a volunteer or a pet sitter or a couch surfer. It's really important that your profile has good reviews from hosts. You've got way more to lose than they have by having a bad profile. Like even if they've got bad reviews, they'll still get people applying to go there because people need somewhere to stay or whatever but if you are a volunteer or a couch surfer and you have a bad review you're going to find it a lot more difficult to find opportunities which means that you will put a good review even if you have the worst time ever so what you need to do okay and this is the best tip that I could possibly give you you need to read between the lines okay if the profile says, Debbie's house was very nice and you must like animals if you want to go there. What this means is, Debbie's house fucking stinks and there's, there's animal fur everywhere and the cat's been sick on the floor and it's really quite disgusting, okay? Or if it says, you must like time to yourself, what that means is, I was totally isolated and it was an absolute nightmare. Okay, like these are the things you have to look out for. If there's any language like that, you really do need to read between the lines. Oh, this is one I did, actually. <laughs> if you enjoy staying up until the early hours talking about politics, this is the place for you. So I still gave them five stars, but but I also kind of gave a warning out, which is like, you are going to be forced to stay up until one in the morning talking about politics. The other thing I would say is like, stick up for yourself. Okay. Don't let people take advantage of you. If you agreed to 15 hours a week with a lunch and you get there and you're being asked to work like 24, Five hours a week, and you're not getting lunch, you need to say something, okay? Do not be afraid to negotiate your position, all right? Because these people will take advantage, all right? Not everyone, but it does happen. So just make sure that you really do feel empowered to stick up for yourself. The other thing which can be really difficult is sometimes it says that you work like 15 hours a week but what you'll find is you'll get there and there'll be hardly any structure and they might be like oh can you work like this morning and later and oh by the way can you just help me for the next two hours or and it sometimes it can it can feel like you're on call and like you're constantly like on call and you never get to switch off you're always thinking like oh they're going to ask me to do something in a minute so if that's going to be a problem for you make sure that you look for somewhere which is really clearly like either shifts or exactly when you're going to be working because that really can be a nightmare and it also means that like the hours of work can creep up. Yeah, it's it you can feel a bit like a hostage sometimes in these situations. So yeah, I think it's just really important to like stay strong with the terms that you agreed with and if it doesn't work for you just leave. Okay, so you've found somewhere to park up, you've had a shower at a couch surfer's house, you've done your laundry, You've just spent four weeks in the Canaries and you just had a great time and you didn't spend any money. But now you need to make a bit of money, you need to eat something, you need to send a postcard. So what can you do? The days are kind of past where you could just kind of do a few odd jobs and get a bit of cash in hand you know, while travelling. Those days are kind of gone. I do see sometimes work comes up on some of the van life Facebook groups, you know, temporary work. I think really, if you're looking to make money, you need to make some decisions about where you're going to be staying on a long term basis. Because if you're flitting around, it's going to be very difficult. But, you know, if you're going to stay somewhere for six months, then great, you can get a bar job or whatever, but or a cleaning, you know. But I think you do have to be more of a long term plan for that. I am a street performer and that has paid for me on all my travels. That's all I've ever done to make money while traveling is busk. So I'm going to talk a little bit about busking. Whenever a friend says to me, oh, I'm really skint and I don't have much money, and I don't know what to do. I always say, like, do not underestimate the power of street entertainment. If you have a skill or a talent, get out there, go on the streets And perform people will love it the first time I went busking I was terrified I was literally like oh my god people are gonna be like pointing and laughing at me I went out there with my guitar and I just stood there I felt like such an idiot I was like shaking but I just stayed and I just played a couple of songs and all I got was positivity people even started giving me money and I was like oh my god people are not laughing at me and people are actually giving me money this is this is really cool and like I've been doing this now for over 10 years and I can honestly say I've had almost exclusively positive reaction from the public it has been such a journey so all I will say is do not be afraid to get out there and go busking if you have any kind of talent juggling even like storytelling The other thing that you can do, which like doesn't really require a massive amount of talent, but it it does require strength and skill, is you could be a living statue. Just get a white sheet, get some face paint, get yourself a wig and some white gloves. You know, you don't have to be the best in the world, but you just need the chutzpah to go out there and not be afraid, okay, because people love that. Go out there, stand on a box, stand still, and people will pay you for that. Just bear that in mind it's such an easy way to make money on the road because you can just turn up and do it. And one other thing I did want to mention just because it's something that I have heard about is you can be a campsite warden. What this normally entails is you get a free pitch and electric hookup. It's generally seasonal so I think you're looking for like April to October you normally work about 40 hours a week and your job is basically to look after the campsite so cleaning maintenance maybe a bit of uh, customer interaction as well it's usually minimum wage and generally, they do like to take couples. So, if you're a couple and you're looking for work, this could be a really good option for you. Okay, so hopefully, I've given you some good information and you're feeling inspired about um, maybe looking into some of these websites and doing a bit of volunteering or working out how you're going to structure your travels. So, before I go, I just want to share with you two stories that I think really encourage encapsulate like how insane traveling can be and these experiences can be so I hope you enjoy them the first story I want to tell you about is a couch surfing experience I had in Chicago in America so as I mentioned earlier I traveled across the US a few years ago and part of my journey was going to be in Chicago I found a profile of a lady let's call her Rebecca and Rebecca's profile looked really positive she'd had lots of people stay there she had lots of reviews all the reviews were five out of five I did notice that like some people said oh you must like animals if you want to go here or now I would spot them immediately but at the time because I didn't have the experience I didn't spot the little between the lines messages that were in there you know but anyway so I was like oh great I'll send her a message so I sent her a message I arranged to stay with her for three days so before I got to Rebecca's house I had been on a bus for 12 hours this was July it was boiling hot I was so tired and sweaty Eventually I managed to get to her house after getting off the 12-hour bus and then having to take like local like trains and buses to her house. By the time I got to her house I was ready to drop. I was covered in sweat. All I wanted to do was just get a glass of water, clean my teeth and pass out. I had her address. This was way before Google Maps and smartphones so I had her address on a piece of paper. I kind of trundled along with my big backpack to her place I found a house and looked through the gates and there was a big skip like a big bin behind the gates and leaning on this bin sat on the floor was a lady who looked very much like Rebecca she was sat with another lady so I kind of called out and I was like oh excuse me are you Rebecca she looked at me like yeah and who are you and I was like oh hi I'm Kat I'm the couch surfer and she just looked at me like totally blankly and she was like oh yeah eventually she got up and she like opened the gate to let me in she then introduced me to the other lady who turned out to be her social worker I don't know why she needed a social worker I then kind of just stood there I kind of expected that she might like invite me into the house I mean it was so obvious that I was ready to die at this point but um she just kind of sat there and just talked at me for it must have been half an hour so eventually i i just said to her like oh i'm i'm really sorry but is there any chance we could just go in and i could just get a glass of water and put my bag down and she looked so offended by this and she was like oh yeah fine so i followed her up this um spiral staircase to the top of the building, and we got to her apartment. She opened the door, and the first thing that hit me was the smell. It was as if someone had collected years and years of cat and dog fur and was boiling it in like a big saucepan. It was humid, it smelled absolutely vile. There were cats everywhere. You know I love animals but like this was an intense animal environment so she said to me like oh yeah you can put your bag down over there by the sofa and that's going to be your bed this sofa was thick with dog fur it literally looked like the sofa was made of fur oh my god I feel sick just thinking about it her boyfriend lived with her as well and he didn't really speak to me much. Like he he was obviously a very shy person and she was very aggressive towards him and he just generally seemed quite beaten down by life. So they very kindly asked me if I'd like some sushi. They did warn me that it was basically old and warm but I was welcome to it. I really needed a shower so I asked them and again they seemed incredibly offended by this request but they said yeah sure there's the bathroom go ahead I went into the bathroom there was a cat litter tray on the floor which was fucking full of shit there was cat litter all over the bathroom floor then I looked in the bath and the bath was full of cold grey hairy water I will never forget the sensation of putting my foot into that cold, grey, hairy water. It was so disgusting, but I was so sweaty and tired. I really needed a shower. And that was like one of the lowlights of the whole trip. So I had my hairy shower and... This lady, she obviously had some sort of a personality disorder or a mental health issue. She was very hard work socially. She was incredibly well-meaning, there's no doubt about it, but it was not a nice experience and all I wanted to do was go to sleep, but the problem was that like I couldn't go to sleep until they went to bed, and they stayed up until one in the morning watching really loud television, and I had to just sit there and wait, and it was so crap. I will never forget when I finally got to go to sleep and the lights were off, the last thing I heard was Rebecca saying, oh, the cat's puked on the floor again looks like turkey giblets ah well I'll clean it up in the morning in the end what I did was I left early I made an excuse and I said I had to leave so I only actually stayed there one night and I went to my next couch surfing host who was absolutely lovely so that's good but um yeah it was one of the worst experiences and hey guess what I gave her a five-star review (laughs) yeah so that's just a little a little tidbit of um, how things can be sometimes when you are couch surfing okay and this final story that I'm going to leave you with today uh, this is easily one of the craziest experiences that I've ever had Um, I really hope that I'm going to be able to paint a picture for you I'm not the best storyteller in the world but I'll just give you a bit of um, an overview basically of what happened to me (laughs) This is a story about volunteering. I was on one of the volunteering websites. I was looking for a place to go in France and I found a listing in the south of France for what sounded like a really nice place so it was a hostel slash hotel based in a beautiful location right by the sea a lovely little village and it was like it just sounded so amazing they were looking for females aged 20 to 40 to do light housekeeping two hours a day You got two days off every week, you got a very healthy and delicious vegetarian meal for lunch every day after work and your accommodation was a whole house to yourself in the village it also sounded like a it was like a bit of a health and well-being retreat and they offered discounted massage they also offered discounted life coaching for volunteers and it all just sounded like right up my street so i was like oh yeah definitely i'm going to apply for this the other thing about it was um I've never seen such positive reviews ever in all the years I've been volunteering all of them were like five out of five this place is amazing I stayed for months like it's so amazing you've got to come here everyone's lovely and it was just the best and all this. So I sent them a message. Really quickly I got a message back saying like yeah sure like come on down like we'd love to have you as a volunteer. So I was like amazing That that's so cool. I'm really excited. So the day comes where it's my first day and I arrive. Now those first few days were like a dream. This place it really did just feel perfect. It was so peaceful. The people were so friendly. The food was amazing the house I was staying in was like a dream come true it really did feel like a dream and that's quite an important point to remember that everything was just perfect basically the structure of this hotel let's call it a hotel was that there were two partners that owned it. There was Lydia who was a very friendly French lady and she was so friendly and she was almost like your best friend. She was just so helpful and approachable and like super, super lovely personality. And then there was Greta Greta was the life coach and she was kind of elusive and she lived in like the top floor of the guest house and I never really saw her but I did see her husband Max. There was quite a disparity between Max's physical appearance and age and Greta's physical appearance and age. Greta was like an old weathered wrinkly old lady and Max was a beautiful, young, gorgeous, young, fit and healthy man. He was like very kind of spiritual and I kind of felt like he wasn't quite all there to be honest. (laughs) So Anyway, after these first few days of just, like, dreaminess and and just loving the place, I started to find out a few things about the people. So, firstly, Lydia, the lovely, friendly lady who was, like, the manager um, and the, the face of the hostel. I found out that Lydia was not talking to any of her family. Her family had cut her off. I also found out that Max, the lovely husband of Greta, also didn't speak to their family anymore. And what I also found out was that Max, (laughs) Max came to this place as a volunteer a year before and now he was married to this mysterious Greta. The next thing I found out was that Greta not only was a life coach, but she also believed she was a shaman. (laughs) She believed that she had shamanic powers and she could heal broken bones, cancer, ETC. So the guests of the guest house of the hotel, they were very much encouraged to have a, in quotes, life coaching session with Greta. I also decided I would like to have a life coaching session. By the way, this was all arranged through Lydia, the nice friendly friendly Lydia. I was told that like the first session is just like basically Greta just telling you a little bit about what she does and a few different stories and things. Now some of the guests at this hostel had this really weird vibe. I met a few of them and they seemed really nice but they had this weird... The only way that I can describe it is that like, they seemed like they were in some sort of religious trance. Anyway, it all gets arranged. I have my time. I'm told to go. They've got all these little outbuildings. And one of the outbuildings is like the life coaching hut. So I'm told to go to the life coaching hut that evening. So I really want to do this justice. Okay. But I don't know if I can, but I'm going to try and tell you what it was like. So... I go to the life coaching hut. I knock on the door. Greta tells me to come in. I go in, I sit down, there's a jug of water and there's like a little jar of Oreo cookies on the table. She is very kind and says, here you go, have some water. Would you like a cookie? Well, yes, obviously, Oreos, absolutely. She begins to monologue about all different things in a very confusing way. Which left me completely disorientated. She started ranting about John Bon Jovi and the power that he has and how that she's met John Bon Jovi in a dream. She told me all about how she saved her son's life when he was in intensive care because she has shamanic powers. She told me that all about her disciples, She told me that the reason that this lovely French village had so much positive, lovely energy was because she was there and that when she dies and gets buried there, the power will be even greater. (laughs) So she invited questions, but whenever I had any questions, she immediately, aggressively answered them in a really confusing way that just left me totally... She obviously was really skilled at, like, just totally, like, demoralising people because after our meeting, I just felt completely destabilised and demoralised and confused and really questioning what the hell this place was. So... I was in there for nearly three hours all in all. It was so aggressive and it was such a crazy rant and at, at some points I really felt like I was being hypnotised and it was all really strange and when I left I caught my reflection in, in a mirror and my pupils were fully dilated like I'd been taking drugs or something and it was such a shock and it shook me up so much i i was like what the hell and like telling this story to friends afterwards they said to me like did you eat or drink anything when you were in there with her and i was like holy shit yeah i did i ate the cookies and and actually the cookies tasted a bit like soft and weird but i just thought maybe they weren't fresh it fucked me up honestly so much like to such a degree like a really surprising degree I was so shaken up by the whole thing. I had the weekend off after this and I actually ended up going to a nearby town and I really felt out of control and I actually ended up getting really drunk. I don't drink normally, so that just shows kind of how destabilised I was. So anyway, once I kind of looked back and I saw everything objectively, I kind of realised like okay this is a really toxic place and the more I thought about it you know the friendly best friend who's like telling you everything's okay the amazing food the amazing house you know everything's perfect and then the weird vacant brainwashed religious guests the disciples the shamanic power that this person apparently has The whole thing, it just got so dark. And like, there was no mention of any of this on this person's profile. None of the reviews mentioned anything about the fact that the people that work there think that they're a shaman. It was completely insane. So anyway, to cut a long story short, I just got the heck out of there. And I sent them a message later just to say, sorry, we're obviously on a totally different page like spiritually and I cannot reconcile myself with the beliefs so I'm gonna have to just leave so yeah the reason I'm telling you this story is just to try and make you aware that you just have no idea what's out there it you it is as varied as the human race is varied you just don't know until you get there so what i'm saying guys is if you're gonna do volunteering if you're gonna do couch surfing if you're gonna do pet sitting stay safe make sure that someone knows where you are make sure that you pin your location keep in touch with your friends and family Make sure that everyone knows where you are, just in case you get murdered by a shamanic cult. Anyway, what a great place to end this episode. So, I hope you've enjoyed it. Just me rambling along. Hopefully, I've given you some good, positive information about how you can extend your trip, make those memories, and have amazing travels in the future when we can go out there and live our lives. So, thank you so much for listening and speak to you in 2 weeks bye i've got to go